Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. And just trust. Believe. <laughs> This is one of the scariest dreams I have had in a long time, and one that I can still remember vividly. It was early January 2022. I was under a lot of stress at that time. I don't remember the beginning of my dream, but I remember I was sleeping on my left side facing the window, my default sleeping position. I suddenly feel a presence and something on my right shoulder. In a daze, I slowly realize that it's a hand on my shoulder, and someone is trying to shake me awake. Still a bit groggy, I roll over onto my back to look at who is waking me. Is it my roommate? Is there some kind of an emergency? Instead of seeing my roommate, I see a tall, dark, shadowy figure leaning over me still shaking my right shoulder. I can't make out any distinct features like a face, but it is humanoid in shape. More importantly, the figure does not feel friendly. I recoil from the figure and start screaming for my roommate. I yell for help, but terrifyingly, no sound leaves my mouth. That's when I actually wake up. I'm still on my left side facing my window. I quickly turn on my lamp and look behind me. Of course, nothing is there. After calming down from the initial shock, I look at my clock and see that it's around 3.30 in the morning. That doesn't help calm my nerves much, as I know 3 a.m. is known as the witching hour. Needless to say, it takes me a while to fall back asleep, but when I finally do, the figure does not appear again. Thankfully, I haven't had a dream like that ever since. Like I said before, I blame stress for giving me such a vivid dream or nightmare to be more accurate, rather than me being attuned to anything supernatural. I still don't know what the figure was or what it could have represented. Hopefully, we won't meet again in the future. I will start this off by saying, like many others that have submitted stories here, I have many unexplained experiences and I've seen much. I'm sensitive to paranormal activities, and I've been since as far back as I can remember. The general and easiest explanation is that there is something that is attached to me. I have many people tell me that there's this odd energy around me and I'm exceptionally lucky. Not just... She's always in the wrong place and time situation, 
More like I absorb the bad energy around others when they're feeling down and I take it in and it expels as bad events that build up around me. Now, all of these events could be extreme and hard to handle if I didn't have a blocker or a person that negates all the energies. My husband, while he isn't someone who believes in the paranormal, he does believe in energies building up and popping like a bubble. So he is often ready for when my bad luck bubble pops, leading to odd events and collisions of energies that break the normality of life. He offsets my own bad with his good. This doesn't lead to living extraordinary lives or anything. It simply takes the bad luck down a notch. This also has a side effect as well. When he is around, I do not have the struggles with the paranormal. He cancels out and prevents the beings and spirits from bothering me. And I'm very grateful as it used to hinder my life so much, preventing me from functioning. Please understand that this wasn't a depression situation. While I do get depressed and I work through that, I even went to a specialist for a time and they taught me many tools that I use when I have an episode. So when I explained that this being isn't an episode of my depression, I wanted understood that I know what that actually feels like. Now there is one being that seems to simply be around even while everything else quiets down. This being hasn't ever been malicious or anything. It has been around since my childhood, though. It actually has a similar form as my husband. I can't give a description of what it looks like. Other than size and presence, it appears like a shadow being. I say like because it physically affects the objects around me, unlike a shadow person who often just exists. My mom, a wonderful person, has even seen it and her experience dealing with it frightened her because it was physically with me. It had been an exceptionally difficult weekend in my youth, and she had gone to check to see if I was okay, as I had been crying. When she walked into my room, my back was to the door, and she figured that I was asleep. The thing was, she noticed that I was on the edge of the bed, and when she went to fix me, she stopped as a large figure suddenly got up from the bed. It had no definition. It was like a liquid shadow figure that got up from its space on the bed. It even caused an indentation in the mattress, and it made the bed creak. The worst of it, for her, was when my arms had been around it. When she came up to try and understand what she was seeing, it shifted from the position where it lay on the bed to a seated position, causing my arms to drop and make a clapping noise. She said it felt like it had put its fingers to her lips to shush it. She could also hear the floorboards creak as it passed her. Soon after I met my husband and we began dating, many people said my energies had changed and less bad experiences happened. Also, people saw less of that being. Fast forward to me having my son. He's two years old and my husband has a business trip. Day two of him being gone and I had just gotten home with my son. We were hanging out in the TV room just relaxing. He gets up from the toys that he was playing with and yells, Hi, Daddy. Love you. At the same time, I hear the front door open and shut. I turn to look, being surprised as he still has two days until he would return. No one is there. But I hear someone go upstairs 
and I hear the turning of my master bathroom shower. I panicked and called my mother, telling her what happened. She tells me to go outside, but I tell her that there isn't anyone here, but the shower was on and I needed to turn it off, so I went upstairs and left my son in his playpen. I made my way up quietly. The master bedroom door is closed, and I can hear the shower suddenly turn off. I open the door and rush into the bathroom. Nothing. No one was there. The shower is wet, the towels are wet like they had been used, and there are wet footprints that lead to the bed. But nothing. No shadow figure. No anything. I rush downstairs, grab my son, and we eat out for dinner that night. I do go back home, but I call my husband and tell him everything. It's safe to say that I didn't sleep that night. I counted down the rest of my time until my husband would come home. A few years later, friends stayed with us in our downstairs fold-out couch. The wife comes to me on day two of them staying with us, and she pulls me aside. She informs me that she thought my husband came downstairs to get something, but that he never went back up, and she was checking if we were okay. Surprised, I told her that he hadn't gone downstairs at all. He had been upstairs all night. Very confused, she stared at me for a moment and asked, Then who was the tall man who left your house last night? I smiled at her and asked what he looked like. She panics for a moment and realized that there was no way to describe the man except that he was tall and built like my husband. I nod and tell her of the previous events. She thought maybe it was some kind of guardian or something because it didn't feel bad or wrong. She even said that she wasn't scared. I wanted to email this story in because I wanted it known that there are people that can be a blocker for others who are overwhelmed by the paranormal. Maybe others could find their own paranormal blocker. I also wanted it known that this doesn't fix everything in situations when my husband is away or we have lots of people around, but it can almost cancel the effects. I've told this story to a few people only because I still don't understand what happened and also what followed afterwards. When I was 13, I moved to a growing resort town in Alberta, Canada. We had a pretty big family and had moved into a three-bedroom house, so that meant my sister and I would be sharing a space in the corner of our unfinished basement. Being that it was a basement, we had small windows that let just enough light in during the day and just a little bit of moonlight at night. That's an important part of this story. I had been living in this house for about three or four months when this took place. It was a quiet night and I had fallen asleep around 9 or 10, which was normally when I fell asleep. Since this took place almost 20 years ago, it's hard to say what woke me up but I am pretty sure it was the high-pitched frequency ringing in my ears, which still warns me of danger to this day. Anyways, I had been sleeping on my side, and when I woke up, I rolled over onto my back while sweeping my eyes around the dark, 
with just that little bit of moonlight that seeped in through the small windows. That's when I saw it for the first time. Standing on the edge of my bed, he must have been eight feet tall and completely void of light with glowing red eyes. I immediately panicked and threw a blanket over my face, wondering what in the hell I just saw. While being under my blanket after what seemed like many hours, I talked myself out of a state of shock that I've never experienced before or since. I think I said to myself something along the lines of, maybe it was just a dream. I was also smothering myself with a very heavy blanket, and I did need to breathe eventually, so I finally did it. I slowly dragged the suffocating blanket down to my nose and had my face turned to the right so that I didn't get any sort of ideas to open my eyes to where there may be danger. I took a sweet breath of air through my nose, where I thought I was okay with just my eyes and nose sticking out. I will always remember what happened next. While I was breathing in air, the insides of my eyelids started to glow red, as if there were two laser pointers being pressed against them. Terror shot through me, and all I could do was scream. My sister, who was a very heavy sleeper, woke up just long enough for me to dash across the room and hop into her bed. I didn't sleep that night. Since that night, I have seen him again, many times. Those are stories for maybe another time. I haven't been able to sleep in the dark since that night, and I don't think I ever will. My daughter, who I'll call Jane for this story, was a tiny newborn when I had a conversation with a medium over the phone. This was mid-2018. The medium told me that Jane was also a medium, and without ever having seen her, noted her piercing blue eyes. Now, I generally trusted the medium's opinion, but I figured this was something that she told a lot of people. Everyone wants to think that their little baby is special. So, fast forward a couple of years. Late 2020. Jane is not quite three yet. She's very bright and observant for a little girl. With chubby fleshed cheeks, blonde curly hair, and the bluest eyes. We were invited to a new friend's house named Brad. It was for a potluck dinner. Brad bought this house in the suburbs of Denver, and nothing about it was out of the ordinary. Brad had a few roommates living with him at the time. The party went well. We spent time in the house just mingling, eating, and playing with the dogs. Jane was the only little kid there, so we didn't stay very late. Fast forward again about three months. Jane is talking up a storm and getting to that point in her development where she can tell me stories about things that she experienced that I hadn't even known about. Things like, I saw a dog with my daddy, and things that happened at school. One day, I'm making dinner, and she casually tells me, Mommy, Luke went to heaven. I said, Oh yeah? Who's Luke? Is that someone that you heard about at school? She replied, No. I didn't elaborate despite me 
trying to ask a bit more about it, so I just let it go. A couple of months later, May of 2021, Jane had a birthday. She's now three. My husband took her to Brad's house again one day when I had a ton of work to do. I work from home, so this gave me some much-needed time alone. They stayed at Brad's for a couple of hours, talked about work, fed Jane some lunch, and let her play with the dogs. Nothing noteworthy happened that day. About a month later, in June of 2021, I'm once again in the kitchen making dinner. Jane starts talking about Luke again. I had forgotten about him, but this time, she had more details. She told me, Mommy, Luke went to heaven. I talked to him. Oh yeah, who's Luke, honey? He was there when I went with Daddy to Brad's house. A couple of things went through my mind. Oh, this must be one of Brad's roommates. She talked about Luke for the first time after our first visit at Brad's for the potluck, then brought him up again after the second visit, so I pressed further. She ended up telling me that Luke talked to her at Brad's house about regular stuff, and that he sits on the sofa and plays with the dogs. Then the line that made me think she was actually talking to a spirit. He said that this was his house, and Brad was just borrowing it. Through all of this, she kept repeating that Luke went to heaven, which was her way of understanding that someone was no longer living. I told my husband about this and asked if anyone named Luke was at Brad's house the day that he took Jane. I was also concerned about there being another person at the house that I wasn't aware of or who was talking to her without my husband knowing. He said, we were the only ones there at the time. His roommates weren't even home. The very next week, Brad was at a birthday party gathering for another mutual friend. It was an afternoon backyard barbecue, so we brought Jane with us. I immediately tell Brad, So, uh, I have a story for you. You know the previous owners of your house? Do you have a roommate named Luke? Was anyone at your house talking to Jane? Etc. I told him the whole rundown of what Jane had said, about speaking to this man at Brad's house who told her that it was his house. He got very nervous, very freaked out. He genuinely had no clue who Luke could be. I got distracted at the party with another conversation. I didn't realize that Brad had gone into the house to call his roommates and ask if they knew someone named Luke. They all said that they did not. Then he started Googling. Brad comes back outside looking like he's seen a ghost holding his phone in his hand like it's on fire. He comes right up to me, holding Jane on my lap in the lawn chair. He says, Can she read? I laughed. No, she's only three. He says to her, Who is this man? He turns the phone around to reveal a photo of a young man in a news article from 2016. She replies with no hesitation. That's Luke. The article described a man who had been found in a lake near Brad's house after leaving a Christmas party. He left the party on foot and nobody could find him until unfortunately his body was found in the lake a few days later. No foul play was suspected and to this day they are not sure what exactly happened to him or how he ended up in the water. 
The article stated that Luke was the man's middle name, but it was his preferred name. I don't know what to make of this. I haven't spoken to the medium again since this incident, but I plan to. In the past, she had suggested that I take precautions to keep her safe from negative energies that might want to communicate with her. I'm a very spiritual person, and the opposite of a skeptic. I'm fully open to the fact that my daughter might have had this communication with a spirit. But since then, she hasn't had a similar experience, or at least not one that she's ready to talk about. This happened a few years ago when I was around 13 years of age. I am now 21. I don't remember much from when I was younger, but this one night will probably haunt me forever. This took place in 2013 when I was in a summer camp with my sister and two friends of mine. We will call friend number one Izzy and friend number two Katie for the sake of their privacy. I met Izzy in 2011 at the same summer camp, and we grew pretty close. So we decided to go again a couple years later, if only we knew what was going to happen. Katie was a classmate of my sister's, and they were pretty close as well. The four of us slept in the same room until one night when Izzy and I decided to sleep outside under the starry sky. We took some pillows and blankets and went outside to sleep on the grass. After we placed our things down, we decided to go for a walk down the paved path that ran alongside the camp, which was only slightly brightened by a single streetlight. When we got to the end, we looked back. Believe me when I tell you, the path looked like it was out of a horror movie. I was already scared, and I could tell that Izzy was too. But she tried playing it cool and said, Ray, are you scared? Haha, <laughs> scaredy cat. Something like that was good enough for her though, and she started talking about a monster that you have probably heard of. The Skinwalker. A monster that can take on both human and animal form, as well as imitate their voices. Although they don't speak, they can, allegedly, say the last words of their dead targets. We started walking back to camp, as Izzy told stories about skinwalkers, I began paying more attention to the sounds in the background. That was when I heard a painful moan coming from behind us. I grabbed Izzy's hand and slowly turned around. We both froze when we saw a strange figure standing in the road. It was slightly illuminated by the streetlight. The figure did look like a man, but his spine was bent weirdly and he was on his knees with his hands on the ground. He got up and stood there for a few minutes, looking directly at us. We still couldn't move. We were too scared. He wasn't moving at all either, not an inch. He stood so still. It was weird and incredibly creepy, to say the least. Then he started yelling, Help me. Somebody help me, please, anyone. I don't remember the exact words, but he was begging for help. For a second there, 
I thought he actually needed help. His voice sounded like someone was trying to murder him. I swear to God, I have never heard such screams. Izzy and I were both terrified and had no idea what to do. Then we saw some car lights approaching. That was when the man looked in the direction of the lights and started running away. The car passed the alley we were in and the man did not return. We ran back to the building we were staying in, not even taking our stuff from outside. We didn't sleep. We stayed up all night, close to each other and holding hands. I remember not letting go of her hand until my sister and her friend woke up in the morning. Izzy and I are still pretty close, and we cannot remove the image of that man from our heads. We never really spoke about it until a few days ago when I joked about how that man could have been that monster she used to talk about. She wasn't exactly happy with my comment and said, what if we would have walked near him to see if he actually needed help? Or what if that car never appeared? What could two 13-year-old kids do in the middle of the night in that situation? And she's right. So, to that man, or whatever you were that ruined my summer, let's never ever meet again. I have two stories. They both take place in 1997, just a few months between. 25 years ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday, I was in the 8th grade. I played basketball. I grew up in rural Montana, so for travel, for games, you had to drive much further between towns. This particular night, I was with the other 7th and 8th grade girls who played. We were on our way on a school bus. We had loaded up the bus and were headed home, which was about an hour away. It was in the fall and around 9pm, so it was dark already. I grew up in central Montana, so a lot of wheat fields, rolling hills, and mountains. This particular town was located in an area that was up against some buttes, maybe 10 miles away. All of us girls were talking and laughing, tired from the game. I was on the driver's side of the bus not really talking to anyone at the moment, and just looking out the window. That's when I realized a light in the distance. It was moving, but not in a normal way. It was as if the light were attached to an invisible yo-yo string and it was bobbing up and down from left to right. It looked like an airplane or helicopter light, but this was definitely not either of those. Planes and helicopters don't maneuver like this. As if on cue, the other girls all stopped talking and looked over as well. It was the craziest thing that we had ever seen, and many were starting to panic. Whatever this was, it was just going up and down, up and down. Someone tried to get the attention of the coaches, but they just brushed it off like we were crazy middle school girls making up stories. Sometimes it would stop abruptly, like it knew that we could see it, then continued bobbing across the horizon. Other times it would stop and reverse direction, going backwards in the blink of an eye. Finally, the highway curved and we dropped down into a valley so we couldn't see it. Everyone just sat there in silence for the rest of the trip. A few mentioned aliens, but that seemed to really freak others out, so it didn't come up again. Aliens 
UFOs? This is exactly what we thought we saw. When we got home, my dad was there waiting to pick me up from the bus. I could have walked home. The town was tiny, and we lived a few blocks from the school. I didn't ask for a ride home that night, but I'm really glad that he was there. When I got into his truck, I mentioned what I saw, and he said, Oh, I'm sure it was nothing. Probably a plane or a satellite. He didn't seem to want to talk about it, but acknowledged that it was strange. I remember being really annoyed, even more so when I got home and my mom acted like I was making it all up. Looking back on it, I guess I can't really blame them. Although, I think people are more open to the possibility of extraterrestrial life now. 25 years ago in rural Montana, you didn't talk about it. A few months later, I was walking to school at about 5 a.m. It was a Saturday, and I was headed to a speech and drama meeting. And in true rural Montana form, it was a three-hour drive. It's spring, chilly, and dead quiet at that time of day. I had the feeling that I was being watched, but not from behind, but rather from above. As I looked up, there was a bright light, as if it were from an airplane waiting to land. There weren't any airports around us, though. Our town was way too small. I just stood there watching this light. There was no sound of an airplane engine or helicopter propellers. Just silence. I started to panic and continued walking to school. I kept looking up, watching for the light. By now, it had started moving in the opposite direction. Finally, the light just faded away, like on a dimmer switch. Now, I don't know if these two events were related, but after the first experience, I didn't tell anyone. This is the first time I've talked about it in years. For those years, I was terrified of the thought of extraterrestrials and UFOs. Now I watch shows and documentaries about the subject, and I find it fascinating. I'm always looking up, waiting for my next experience. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Odd Trails. This week you have heard Grateful It Was Only a Dream by Maddie. They Always Return by Jen. Home is Where the Haunt Is by Anonymous. Luke by Mo. Human or Just Disguising as One by Raymond. And finally, Watchful UFOs by Joe. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. If you have a story to share, make sure you send it to stories at oddtrails.com. So, you may have seen that little bit of tattoo I got on my inner forearm. Yeah, I'm a little upset because I thought I was a trailblazer being the first Odd Trails tattoo out there, but uh, you went all out with the color and everything. It looks great, dude. I had to edit. Go big or go home. Thank you. I'm glad you like that. Shout out Mm -hmm. to Brandon from Ogden Tattoo Parlor for his fine work. Uh, Speaking of Brandon, no relation because that's how first names work, (laughs) he shared a story with me, a little paranormal story. You know I like paranormal stories. Well, I think we, I would hope we all do. Um, do you have any guess what this might be about, what it pertains to? It's something that sits very close to home, no pun intended to us, home. to you. Uh, <laughs> something that took place, something that took place in your home. Oh, he didn't play with the Ouija board, did he? He did. Uh, he did. got a Ouija story. Okay. All right. Yeah, a right. little Hit bit of a Ouija story here. Yeah. So 
he was in the Marines barracks with like maybe three other of his fellow devil dogs. Mm -hmm. And of course, a Ouija board comes out because what else do you do? (laughs) And he was a little hesitant, of course, as most sane people should be. And uh, essentially, he was a little skeptical. He said, all right, fine. I'm going to ask this thing only something that I would know, something that none of you guys know. Let's go. So he asked the Ouija board, what was my childhood nickname? And sure enough, yeah. No way. <laughs> he swears. He was holding his hand still. He was just chilling out, being skeptical, just no sort of influence, subconscious or otherwise. That thing started moving to the first two letters of his childhood nickname. He freaked out and just jumped away. So nobody else knew his nickname? Nobody else. Nobody else knew. That's why he used that wow. specific thing. Yeah, yeah, him yeah, and I, I, the three others. I, so I know that there's the whole theory that it's it's like a subconscious thing, like you're right. subconsciously moving the planchet, but like that's that's got to be some real strong subconscious uh, influence. I don't that even that. I, I feel like that's that is the spirit talking through you. You know what I mean? Exactly. And the fact that there was three others and he was kind of resistant and he wasn't putting any force behind it. They're, those everybody else is going to feel it if he's kind of tugging yeah, yeah, it along yeah. and. I could tell he was sincere the way he was telling me the story as he was just inflicting me with so much pain. It, yeah, you know, it kind of gave, gave me a little bit of a fright, I got to admit. And he did something a little naughty, too, at the very oh, end. No. What are you supposed to do at the very end? Okay, I learned this from Sapphire recently. You're supposed to say goodbye. Always I say, say okay, goodbye. goodbye. Always say goodbye. Yeah. Always. That's, that's, you got to follow Proto. So he didn't say goodbye. He did not follow Proto. He did not say he goodbye. Yeah, nothing bad has happened since. Knock on wood. Now you've got a haunted fucking tattoo, dude. Oh. You didn't think about that, did you? He's got those spirits following him all over the place, dude. Yeah, he's probably passing those dark, evil spirits off to you through his ink and his tattoo gun. That's what they're called, right? You know what? Some call him a gun. Some call him a machine, but... I don't know nothing about nothing. It's all right. I know a little something about something. You know what that is? (laughs) What? Let me think about it. I'll tell you next episode. (laughs) Next outro, I'll tell you what I know something about. Yeah. Actually, you should tell everybody about it in our Patreon. If you haven't joined yet, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash odd trails. We're doing uh, ad free episodes of every podcast at a higher bit rate. Plus, we're going to be doing some bonus material. Uh, We should have some stuff out by the time this episode comes out, actually. And uh, we're just going to get into all kinds of weird, fun stuff, man. Yeah, I'm actually going to tell you a little something about something. So you don't want to miss out on that. I got so much knowledge to impart on you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time. And for those of you on the Patreon, we'll see you over there. Absolutely. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate all the support. Um, if you haven't already, you can also follow us on Instagram at Odd Trails Podcast. Be safe. Peace out. Don't let the ghosts and the ghouls disturb you, darling.